Hey everyone and welcome to the Nostalgia Effect. This is part two of two. Last week part one of our Sound of Music episode went live and I highly recommend you listen to that before you listen to this one because there are a couple jokes that you may not get, may not be as funny and I mean that's a pretty good episode where we shame Johnny for not having seen the Sound of Music and now he finally has. So I would check that other one out and enjoy. Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. And now, our feature presentation. And we're back. The hills are alive. I don't know. I don't know the music, but... Oh, Whoa. man, the dogs did not they heard it. They heard my beautiful singing voice. They were called um. to it. <laughs> Uh, Johnny, head. what did you think? That was great. Um, it it kind of surprised not not surprised me, I suppose. Um, is not the word I'm looking for. I was more, you know, a lot of times for like older movies that I really didn't have any interest in. You know, there was mm-hmm. a reason why I just never mm-hmm. watched them. So yeah. going into them, I'm like, eh, you know, it's good. and like a three hour long running time. I'm just like, Oof, all right. All right, yeah. this is let's let's settle down and watch this. But um, I was impressed or surprised or whatever uh, from the jump um, with the cinematography. I really, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. like it. It um, I knew it was like a crowd pleasing movie that people like enjoyed it because it was like a feel good movie, you know? Yeah. I didn't expect it to be so well produced and shot, you know? Yeah. Especially since yeah. it's yeah. based off of a stage play. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of the times, those things, like they you know. they they feel it, like you like the yeah. the way yeah. people enter and exit scenes, it just all feels yeah. like oh, you've just filmed the play. But I I I the thing that I really like about this movie is like just the 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 enormous scope it has as a, like it feels like, you know, when it, mm-hmm. the opening of the, the camera flying through the Alps and then like that shot where it zooms in on Julie Andrews coming, Julie Andrews coming in to the hill. Like it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's epic. It's sweeping. Like I could imagine like if you were seeing this in 1965, like these sorts of techniques were like, you know, not as ubiquitous as they are today. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, that, that was actually shot on the, um, in MCS in, 70 camera yeah which was a 70 millimeter camera yeah uh, and uh, so and so there's a lot of those that like the framings like the when she first uh when Maria first gets to the Von Trapp family and like she knocks on the door and like the butler opens and then she comes in and it's like the reverse angle and it's just the foyer but it's all uh symmetrical so like mm-hmm. the frame is everything symmetrical and like she's coming in and it's it's gorgeous it's huge and it's like it's elaborate in the production design I'm just like holy shit yeah like, the production like, design on this is exquisite like they really really just nailed it. It, it it's it's a movie that I'm like oh shit like this is when you think like well, I was talking to my roommate and you know he was also mentioning it like oh yeah like this is what you think about when you think about classic cinema like you know mm-hmm. yeah. the feel the scope the texture the the production design the music the um the acting i mean shit like julie andrews yeah. is great and yeah. so is christopher Plummer. i think your point there on that like i talk a lot about how at least i do on my like youtube channel that 
old films, like old Hollywood films and films from like the 60s and 70s make me feel really nostalgic even though I wasn't around during that time. Mm. But they just give me this like very comfortable, cozy feel. And I think it's because I grew up with this film and watching this film is just so comforting to me and like Mary Poppins that watching those films has the same kind of effect, especially when they have like the grand production value of like this and i'm yep. just like oh this is what filmmaking is and this is what it was and i love it so much because you don't get films like this anymore i feel like you get like grand films but not at the same it's like not the same level i feel like it's a certain like, level the, of class yeah like the avengers is like a really epic film but it's so much cgi versus yeah. this where it's all this in movie camera had surprisingly little cgi <laughs> yeah, very little CGI. I think you can spot a mat, like a a painted mat background, a couple times during Do Re Mi. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the intro to Do Re Mi is a very obvious mat background when they're on the hill, but that's mm-hmm. about it. But then there's there are some like reverse shots where you look at it and you go, wait a minute, is it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it looks so real. But they did shoot like on location in, in in that in German, not German, um, Austria. Uh, they Austrian were in Austria. Town. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so it's interesting that you'd bring up the, the visuals of the film because uh, the cinematographer, uh, it was actually one of the last things he did. He, he died like 11 years mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was 65 years old. The guy, the cinematographer was born in 1900. Wow. Um, wow. And, and he did all kinds of different things, but not musicals. Like he, he, mm-hmm. was, he was like a proper, um, you know, uh, a, a proper cinematographer of of films not mm-hmm. just musicals talkies talkies yes um and then it was directed by robert wise and robert wise his his career is actually all over the place too in a really good way um mostly he's done uh he did he started out doing like a lot of like horror and mm-hmm. and and uh and then and like dramas and then he did the day the earth stood still the original interesting yeah um Ooh. and then he um and then he did uh like a bunch of other stuff he did what do you call it um west side story which is very famous movie that's musical. another very famous yeah musical. and then and then right before sound of music he did the haunting which if you haven't seen that the original the haunting is fantastic it is a it is still to this day a scary movie mm. um there's actually, you know, uh, there's one of the gags in Disneyland's Haunted Mansion um, where the doors are like bowing out because it looks like something's pressing on the other side is from The Haunting. They, they stole that directly from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then later, like towards the end of his career, he directed Star Trek The Motion Picture. <laughs> huh. And so he, like his career is all over the place. And so I think it's actually it's cool because basically what you have is somebody who two two people in terms of visuals two people who are responsible for movies predominantly in their careers that are not a movie like this mm-hmm. and i think that i think that's why it feels not like just a movie like just a typical a musical yeah 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 cuz they, right. they they explore the countryside and there's movement within frame and and yeah. they and they really play with that really beautifully mm-hmm. it is done very well and i was very i, I was just taken aback by it i was like oh I don't know. I, for some reason, I just have a feeling like you know when I think about like musicals from the early, like mid to early twentieth century. Yeah, it's you know yeah. I'm not yeah. and like I know this was like, like a classic movie that everyone likes. So yeah, it's you know. Mm-hmm. But and I was I was just like oh wow this is 
yeah. very well made. It's also been, um, I think, extraordinarily well um, preserved. It, it was mm-hmm. really well transferred. Mm-hmm. The 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 like the movie itself looks beautiful still to this day. Oh yeah, um, I mean, we just got a new we just got a new seventy five inch TV, a big ass mm-hmm. TV, um, and we I watched it on there and it looked fan fucking tastic and like you could see all like the texture and the grain mm-hmm. but like it mm-hmm. i don't know it gives it we, we, you know me and i remember we were talking about just the difference between celluloid and film yeah and like mm-hmm. the things that celluloid can do that film can't really do like you can like sort of make it try to make it look like that but it can never really capture the tone or the warmth that celluloid has you know mm. yeah uh, and so uh so that uh, this movie is just really well preserved it looks yeah. great even now you know mm-hmm. on a big ass tv streaming like yeah yeah know. so uh well i'm 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 pleased to hear that you weren't sitting there for two hours and 55 minutes you know thinking about opening a vein no and you know what <laughs> even for that long runtime, like it's it it doesn't f- i mean some of it feels like like it lingers a little too much like on certain mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. you yeah. know it's 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 slower pace obviously than, sure. than what we're used to nowadays right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but it didn't feel like a drag and it didn't feel like a chore you know yeah. we've we've yeah. watched movies that are half this length that mm-hmm. felt three times the length of this tower of terror <laughs> <laughs> so so this is like yeah it's it's long but it interestingly doesn't feel that long yeah. even with the intermission that like yeah. happens yeah, and 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 yet, while it doesn't feel uh, interminable, you're you're still aware of of the length of the film. Um, yeah. But, but it's but it's every it's kind of like a, it's like a big meal, you know. Where you're just like, yeah. all right, I'm I'm getting. You full do get a five eating, minute break in there, and you do mm-hmm. get a five minute break, yeah. which is I did necessary. think it was weird. I thought, I was like, oh. I was like, oh yeah, huh? There's still like the Nazi people coming in, and the, the, but that's like a very small part. I thought it was it's, more. I thought it was a bigger part in the movie. I don't know why. It's it's one of those things, and I think it's I think it's really well done that it's it's very gradually introduced, like just slowly it does, turning yeah. up the yeah. flame. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, you know they mentioned the Anschluss, and and you know, and then and then that's it. And they don't. And they don't say anything again, you know. And then there's like a little bit more, and a little bit more. And then when he, when uh, Captain Von Trapp comes back from his his uh, honeymoon, and there's the fucking swastika, oh, yeah, you know, house. the yeah. Nazi flag hanging from his house. Um, and and Sarah Sarah says that that scene where he he rips he it down rips it. and tears it in half. She's like, that is one of the sexiest moments ever in movie history, which <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, yeah. And I think they do a nice job. You know, movies like Indiana Jones do a, a, a fun job of trivializing the Nazis and making them just like punching bags, you know. Um, but this movie, I think, does a really good job of of depicting just how frightening that is. You know, that this mm-hmm. this this power, this invading power and and how much, you know, that it's it's like basically you get on board this the Nazi train or you get crushed underneath the wheels and whether or not you believe in it, you know, and I, and I, and I you know, I yeah. think that they, they do a really nice job of, of, cause there were, there were a lot of people who were part, who were Nazis who were not necessarily like interested or true believers. That Fascism they, at its finest. Yeah. I mean, that's um, pretty much what it does, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, like the idea that he would, that Captain Von Trapp would be pressed gang into service of the Nazi Navy because they said so and then he yeah. would have to go fight 
people, you know, uh, mm. and possible and risk his life for this, for this, uh, this government that he didn't believe in because yeah. well, because it's taking his his country, you know, right? Because mm-hmm. Austria was mm-hmm. not Germany, right? Right, um, right. But right next door. Yeah. And um, it's it's kind of it's there's that line in in Captain America where, uh, um. The the doctor um, Stanley Tucci, Doctor Re- um, Oh my gosh, what's his what's his character's name in that movie? Stanley Tucci. Yes, Doctor mm-hmm. Doctor. It's Stanley just the Tucci. Tucci. <laughs> um, but he he says um, he says the the people forget that the first country the Germans invaded was their own, and mm. and then right mm-hmm. after that their next door neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but and, but that 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 Nazi bit at the end is like nail biting when that, they're that hiding scene, yeah when they're hiding yeah. especially and yeah. rolf comes in oh and he's guy. like he's like has the whistle i want to shoot the whistle him. like up to his lips mm-hmm. and he's like about to blow it and then um they're just please don't like yeah and then he's got his and then he's got and then he pulls a luger on yeah. on captain von trapp and he almost talks him down he almost yeah. does it but then he's just like nah, you're not gonna be one of the kind of like taunts him sort of yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because it's. I think it's 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 an interesting scene because for for Captain Von Trapp saying you'll never be a part of them means it's you a good are thing. Yeah. a good You're person. Yeah, it's that. a good thing. Yeah. And then and then for Rolf, that's not... all he wants. He wants well, to he be a part be, of this. He wants to be. Well, he wants he, to be bigger. Yeah, he wants mm-hmm. to be important. Right? Yeah. yeah. He wants to yeah. be. He has just been a messenger his whole life, mm-hmm. yeah. taking notes. You know, passing notes. Back and forth to you know grand the people living in grand houses, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is I think why, and it's not something that's like overtly discussed, and something I just realized as we're talking about it now. Which is probably why he likes Liesel, mm. is because her dad, like she's power. rich. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he actually did like Liesel because he liked Liesel. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, because I mean, I feel like they they liked each other. It was sweet. I actually really liked that moment. Yeah, no, first... no. I feel like he like that's what he was his initial thing was. It's like oh, I'm gonna try to. I like, well, they don't show it, but it's like yeah. he could have probably Maybe. started talking to her because he was like, oh, she's she's rich. Her dad's yeah. powerful. I, but then he falls in love with her because you see it when she asks him, like, as they're trying to sneak away, like, Rolf, please don't. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, like, lets up because Liesel asks him to. Yeah. So he does, like, eventually fall in love with her. I think I, I think Johnny's right, though. I think he I think he really did like her and, and maybe her, her station in life didn't have much to do with his feelings you know because because they did have that connection because you know she asked him to stop and he didn't Mm -hmm. briefly it's kind of it's kind of like um you know for whatever reason it reminded me a little bit of um frozen you know where where anna and prince hans of the southern isles have that great song together and we like him as the audience and then and it's just like same thing you know they have this great song together they seem really sweet and then he's a fucking Nazi. Spoilers! Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> there are Nazis in Frozen? Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> Just when I thought I got rid of them. <laughs> um, the Duke of Weaseltown uh, is a Nazi. That's a Nazi name if I ever heard one. Weaseltown. Definitely It's Weaselton. Um, unless it's Utopia, then it is Weaseltown. Um, <laughs> um, Gotta love Utopia. So good. But yeah, um, so Johnny, what did you think of like the the, the, the musical numbers and the yeah like, the, the songs are catchy. Like... I mean, there's a reason why like this is a musical that that uh, you know has endured. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think I knew that the, the uh, like the favorite things I've heard that 
like song mm. before. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think I'd ever connected the two. Mm-hmm. You know? I think I know why, why you never connected the two. And this Joe goes back to what we were talking about um, before we rewatched it. And I found this in the fun facts is this is probably why a lot of people connect it to Christmas. Mm. It's because favorite things is played on the radio a lot during Christmas because yeah. of the mention of Christmas, like snow and stuff. And presents tied up with string. Interesting. That might be where you have heard it before, Johnny. It's and then it's like... not really a connection to this film yeah it doesn't explicitly and, talk and, about that and, and even that song just the, the music itself minus the lyrics winds up in a lot of commercials uh at christmas mm-hmm. time too because it has sort mm-hmm. of a christmasy feel to it in a way yeah i i when the movie started and like it played that's the first song that kind of plays oh i think it plays over the opening credits yeah it's, it's like the interlude it, kind of thing yeah yeah it, but it is that song it is the my whatever because it's yeah, got it's, the music on it. Because I, I was, yeah. I was like, the words were coming to my mind, mm, and I was like, mm-hmm. where, where, what, where did I hear yeah. this? Yeah, it's it's part of the the overture, and it's it's a very present part of the overture. Yeah, um, yeah. of that film. Um, so there was that one. There's that song, and then <laughs> there was another you song. You probably heard Do Re Mi before. I think I had heard that one. That one sounded mm-hmm. familiar. But it too. wasn't necessarily connected to this film either. No. Yeah. Because I feel like. Do Re Mi is a song that you sing in like most any music class in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a music. We had like a music class in, in elementary school. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I probably did. I just yeah, just word didn't. That was like that was like twenty five years ago. You don't remember that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Um, yeah. There's um, so so there's something else. And Amy, so so one of the things that we that came up in between, I think the last podcast recording and this one was that um, Pushing Daisies wound up on HBO Max. Yes, and, and I finished it. And you finished it. So then, um, listener, if you're not a fan of Pushing Daisies, I don't know, skip forward or something. Why are you listening um, to this podcast? Why, why are you not a fan of Pushing <laughs> Daisies? It's on it's HBO, go watch it. It's it's great. Um, I love it. It's a wonderful show. But it, but uh, I think you'll, you'll now, uh, Johnny, appreciate even more um, everything that happens with Olive at the convent. Because um, it's all straight up. Uh, a send up of of uh, sound of music, mm-hmm. ah. like the, like we even like find all of twirling in the uh, in the mountains. Yeah, there's and... a lot of like um, sound of music intros and stuff. I was like, oh, that's I like that. Yeah, interesting. Um, I got to go back down and watch it. it I don't yeah, really and that, that kind of that kind of is another thing that gave me take a sip, you guys. Psych vibes is uh. because Psych does a lot of like parodies of other like of films and stuff mm-hmm. or other even other tv shows i think they have a twin peaks episode but like yeah that kind of also gave me some parallels between those two shows yeah there's um because pushing daisies would call back to a lot of things vertigo the birds sound of music mm-hmm. um uh i think uh psycho all kinds of, I mean, just it's the the it's sort of a, a drive-by pastiche of references to all kinds of different um, all kinds of different films, um, and uh, and they and they do Sound of Music, which is which was always especially funny to me because of course they would. Kristen Chenoweth is a a noted Broadway uh, performer, oh, yeah. so of course she's she would. probably played Maria before or somebody. <laughs> yeah, or she was one of the the. Girls in the maybe like, I mean the, the children. If you've been in musical theater long enough, you've done Sound of Music. <laughs> yeah, I would hasten to guess Sarah has done Sound of Music as well. I 
think she has. And if not, she almost did. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of the songs, Joe, did your favorite song change between your last watch and this watch? No, if only because the, the poetical symmetry of my favorite song being a few of my favorite things is too good <laughs> to pass up. Uh, I still love that song. And I love that scene because yeah. it's, it's the first scene where the children really, like after, after Maria makes them cry, for putting the pine cone in on her chair and the frog in her pocket. Um, after after that, that's the first time that they all really bond to her. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's a really sweet scene. Um, yeah. And it's a fun song. Uh, and so I, I um, it's it's still it's still my favorite song, hands down. Yeah. It's a good song. Mine did change. Oh, it did. What did what what? Yes. So what did it change to? Lonely Goat Herd. Ha. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I love that song. Like literally, this entire watch was just three hours of me annoying the shit out of Luna by singing to her. <laughs> like I literally would pick her up and dance around the room. Yeah. Singing to her. That was that was basically when I say I watched Sound of Music, I watched it. But I, I also watched it while listening to Sarah sing every song, yeah. word for word. And she's got a th- good voice, thankfully. Uh, yeah, I don't thankfully. have a good voice. Um, um, but yeah, Lola but Edelweiss did it. Did Edelweiss did go up there for me? I See, do really like that because, like, that song now. even though even though maybe the song isn't like I said, doesn't have the, the razzle dazzle the way some of the other songs do. It it mm. is really important in both cases. The first time, it's the first time that. Uh, the first time he sings it, it's it's Captain Von. It's Trapp like he sort lets his melting. guard down. Yeah, yeah. And then the second time, it's his declaration of love for his country that he's about mm-hmm. to abandon. Yeah, because it's abandoned him. Mm-hmm. Um, and fun fact on that is Christopher Plummer learned the guitar and learned to sing for this film, but they dubbed him over. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. I had wondered on about both that. the singing and the guitar. I believe. Wow. I believe it was the guitar as well, but I think. I know for sure it was his. It was not him singing. Really, I assumed mm-hmm. it was because it doesn't. It didn't sound. It's, it's, it's reasonable that that voice would come out of. Yeah, that man. and and they matched it so well. And I, I was interested actually about the guitar bit too because as a guitar player, I was watching and thinking like, oh, he's he's actually picking out the notes. Like he's he's actually doing it. That's hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. And and then um, also there's a scene where uh, Liesel plays the guitar briefly um when they're after maria's gone and they're they've been asked to play for the baroness i think mm-hmm. um and liesel's playing the guitar and she plays like a little riff before playing something and um and i was like whoa sh- that actually looked right too you know so mm-hmm. there's actually yeah i think convincing i think they actually playing. did to they did both play in this in the scene yeah and it was all the kids singing as well but they did add in some chorus Mm -hmm. when the children are singing just to give it more of a fuller sound yeah fill it out than just five kids six kids singing seven 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 jeez i don't know my ancestors very well you guys (laughs) damn um Um, hmm. that's interesting that's kind of that's i don't like disappointing but i always thought that was christopher Plummer. man movie magic ruins ruins the day once again so i really miss the state food of my people after like just for like that one moment that the baroness was talking about wiener schnitzel mm. and <laughs> i was like oh man there's this tenderloin place like it it's known for its tenderloins up by where my sister went to college mm. and my mom and i used to go there like once a month oh the tenderloins were so good so good they were like giant they were like bigger than your head oh yeah on I a bun yeah 
Yeah, name your sex tape. Uh huh. <laughs> Bigger than your head. Like, also, it. the I'll name of my it. sex tape. <laughs> uh, but like, remember when we were talking about the food that they're going to have at um, Avengers Campus? Uh huh. And there's like that Amian and the Wasp where it's like this big. I think it's. I think it is supposed to be a tenderloin on this like tiny little slider bun. Yeah. It's kind of like that, uh-huh. where it's like this huge like dinner plate size tenderloin with a hamburger bun and it's like massive so you're only getting like maybe five or six bites with bun and then the rest of it it's just pork and breading and it's so good basically it's low carb that sounds great yeah (laughs) pretty much although there is carb on the breading well yeah because it's made out of either like sometimes they use rich crackers sometimes they use breadcrumbs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. depends on where you go yeah but it's always deep fried and it's always so good it's gotta be um nice amy any fun facts yeah oh i have so many fun facts and recasting let's let's get after them um so, Julie Andrews sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious to the children in the cast in between takes to, like, keep them entertained. Hmm. And since Mary Poppins hadn't been released yet, they thought they were just making, she was making that song up. Uh, which I think is great. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say, like, right, so, Sound of Music came out first, and then yes. Mary Poppins came out, mm-hmm. but she had already shot Mary Poppins when she was shooting this one? Well, Mary Poppins came out in 1964. She shot this before Mary Poppins came out, but this came out after Mary Poppins. Because Mary Poppins had probably significant post-production because of all oh, the animation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and then the next one I had was, although Christopher Palmer's vocals own vocals were recorded, it was subsequently decided he should be dubbed. And then as part of his research for the movie, William Wyler, who was supposed to direct before um, we are directed, um, he met with the real Maria von Trapp and the mayor of Salzburg. He was concerned that the local residents would be alarmed at seeing their building draped in Nazi flags and seeing stormtroopers, Nazi stormtroopers, not the Star Wars kind, yeah, uh, in the streets. Only 25 years. Like, just think about that. Mm-hmm. This film, this was filmed 25 years after World War II. Yeah. Um, after the real thing had taken place, the mayor assured him that the residents had managed to live through the An- Anschluss. Is that my saying that right? Anschluss, yeah. Yeah, I did not take German for the first time and would survive it again. Other city officials were much more resistant to the idea. They soon changed their minds when the filmmaker said they would use newsreel footage instead. The footage was actually highly incriminating as it showed the Salzburgers openly welcoming Nazis. Mm. Something in the proposed scenes would not do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the people of uh, Austria were welcoming to the Germans, which is real fun to think about. Yeah, well, I, mean, I guess I mean when they when they walk in, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, bunch of scary I mean, guys. It's either with that guns. or you're just you know gonna you're gonna get in big trouble. Um, and then there were a lot of uh, this was a mistake, but they kept it in, which is really only two. But um, when Maria is running through the courtyard to the Von Trapp house, and I have confidence, mm. she trips. Mm-hmm. It was an accident, oh, but yeah, Robert I actually Wise, really like that. Me too. I thought yeah. I thought I kind of felt like she probably was probably an accident. And she probably just like played through it. But at first, I was like, maybe not. Maybe it's just because it it goes so well with the song and the vibe yeah, that she's putting out and the thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it also that whole feels scene. like something. So I'm like, uh, Julie Andrews would do as that character, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just seems she's like she's singing that's... about confidence, how confident she is, and then she like trips over on her in her excitement. Yeah. Then she's like, like, "I'm still confident." Ooh, that's that's something that I would do. Yeah, <laughs> no, you would fall flat in your face. <laughs> I I would fall flat in my face. 
um he he like robert weiss kept it because he felt it added to the nervousness of the song and the character yeah i think it's such a good moment it's a great it's a great moment and that song uh if i remember correctly is not originally in the play either that was written specifically for the movie I think I remember seeing that. It's not a fun fact that I pulled out, but I do not believe... There was a couple songs that were added. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah mentioned that to me when we were watching it. Um, because because the movie, it says, you know, uh, like, music by Richard Rodgers, lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein, or, or the reverse, I don't remember. And then it says additional lyrics and music by Richard Rodgers. And I thought, like, oh, wow, after after Hammerstein, like, didn't come to work one day and poor Rodgers had to keep <laughs> writing. But it turned out that Oscar Hammerstein had died. Um, before the wow, Joe, out. real, real insensitive of you. I know. Um, I mean, he had a good excuse. You're just hating on the one of the most classic musical duos, Half theater the, writers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that was one of the, and that that additional music was uh, that song. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the only other mistake that they kept in that I could find was um, Christopher Plummer calling Julie Andrews captain during their argument oh. at the beginning. Um, despite the error, the producer, Robert Wise, thought it was amusing and liked it so much that he kept it in the movie, which I love it. It I shows really just like, like how flustered yeah. Christopher Plummer was as a character and as an actor because the next the next set of fun facts I have are kind of fun. Well, and it's also that, it's also that scene where where. I mean, I guess unintentionally, I didn't know that it was a mistake, uh, but unintentionally, it's him recognizing her as not as an just equal. equal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Even I got from it's it. Like, that's her. Because yeah, well, like, like, the first, first time that she basically like stands up to him and is like, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. like I'm not doing what you what you want me to do. I'm going to do what's best for the kids or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. like she's the one that spent, she spent a whole month with him while he was in Vienna. Mm-hmm. Like, or they don't really specify how long it is, but like. They say that the last time he was in Vienna, it was like a month long. Yeah. So I, I was just assuming that it was a month that he was in Vienna again before he brings the Baroness back to Some Salzburg. undisclosed amount of time, but enough time yeah. for Maria to have really bonded with the children, made them clothes, sort of, you know, really got a... Taught them how to sing and play guitar. Mm-hmm. All of that. Yeah. Which, I, that's one thing that bothered me about it on this watch, because it's something that I really noticed, was how... It's very unclear the time frame of how long it is between everything happening. My sense is that it, it starts sometime in early summer. Like or, April, or, May or late spring. Yeah, something like that. And goes to like August, September. Actually later because... Or maybe September, October. Because it seems to be getting really cold. So yeah, like October-ish mm-hmm. time. Um, which, which of course at the end makes me think if they were crossing the Alps on foot which in the not winter. in real life they were not in real life yeah they did but not cross the alps in real life in the movie it looks like they're probably not gonna make it like oh yeah like it looks like yeah, they're gonna they, freeze like, to death or, or you know die of exposure something one of the fun facts that i did not pull was they drove to paris mm. i think and then stayed in paris and then went to london and then from london they went to the united states yeah and we don't want to stay in paris or in real life yeah okay. yeah because you don't want to stay in Paris for very long during during that time period either. I could I could have that wrong. I think they may have gone straight to London, but I know Paris was in there somewhere. Yeah, Paris is um, always and... in there somewhere. You, know? <laughs> if you look hard you, enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you said that you had a big a big review. I had a big list of fun facts that are all Christopher Plummer centric. Ah. There was there was a lot of uh, Christopher Plummer really hated this fucking film. Really? Oh. Yeah, he hated working on this film a lot. Oh. Um, 
He intensely delight. He so intensely disliked working on the movie that he began to refer it as the sound of mucus or S and M, and likened working with Dame Julie Andrews as to being hit over the head with a big Valentine's Day card. Dang, that's pretty funny. Nonetheless, he and Julie Andrews are really close friends. We're really close friends. Huh. And Andrews claims that Plummer's cynicism probably helped his performance, which you can tell, like, mm. you can see it in that scene where he calls her captain. Yeah. You can see, like, that's how him being flustered. And being in the um, moment, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kept it from being, the, the film being too sentimental. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he admitted that he found Dame Julie Andrews insufferable and annoying during the film, referring to her as Miss Disney to other mm. cast and crew. He later admitted to being immature in his feelings and that Andrews is a great actress and behaved like a true professional. Mm. Um, And he admits that he ate and drank heavily during the film to drown out his unhappiness and found plenty of opportunities to do both in Austria because, you know, Austria and Germany are both big drinking countries, Mm. beer country. Mm -hmm. Um, His costumes had to be refitted for the extra weight. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Um, he admits on the DVD commentary, which I think is the commentary that I have. I Ooh. don't. I have, like, the DVD, like, the very first DVD that was released. Mm. He was drunk during the music festival sequence. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then he opted out of the Harry Palmer role in Ipcris Files, or in the Ipcris file, in favor to play this role, and he later regretted that decision. And yet, this is who's heard of that film versus I this? Yeah, never heard of that film. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I wonder, you know, some actors have, some actors who, who have, are known for being really serious, oftentimes, um, you know, will we'll, we'll remark on, on a role that they played and, and say, like, you know what, I was an asshole because I was taking this so seriously. And I wonder yeah. if maybe that was his deal, if, if, like, at the time he was just being he was such a serious actor and he was taking this all so seriously. And he, you know, this yeah. is a f- ultimately, he was an actor. Movie. Yeah. Um, and ultimately this is a fun movie and, and it needs people in it like Julie Andrews. And uh, maybe that's kind of what happened there. It's, it's yeah. nice. It's well, nice that they became friends though. Yeah. It, it kind of, um, I didn't pull this fun fact, but it's one that I read very often when going through because there are so many facts on the mm. IMDb. So I highly recommend if you enjoy this film and you want some behind the scenes information to give it a look, but it's very extensive that, um, the Von Trapp children and Maria were all kind of upset with the way that Christopher Plummer or well, the way Georg was kind of written mm. is that he wasn't that like sharp he wasn't that mean he was mm. kind of more of a bore mm. he was a very boring guy mm-hmm. well that's that's interesting because when you first when you when you first meet him when you see the film when you meet him you he's think very, oh he's yeah. he's the big bad he's the bad guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's the bully yeah. and then you realize no he's not yeah nazis <laughs> and nazis. the only reason like in real life the only reason that maria married him was because she loved being with the children so much, and the only way that she figured she could stay with them was to marry Captain Von Trapp. Wow. And then they eventually fell in love as the years went on. Hmm. Or she fell in love with him, at least. Dang. Um, and then I do have some recastings. I have a, a rather large page of recastings. All right. Let's start with the director. Robert Wise was the original choice, but he turned it down, feeling it was too saccharine. Um, saccharine. Saccharine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Daryl Hey, Joe, Zanuck, what does saccharine mean? sugary sweet okay thank you totally <laughs> um daryl of zanuck and his son richard were then approached or daryl of zanuck and his son richard then approached okay they were like the producers i guess mm-hmm. then approached stanley donan 
Vincent Donahue, Gene Kelly, huh. and George Roy Hill, who all turned it down, as well as um, William Wyler. Huh. So this went through a plethora of directors. Wow. It sure did. Uh, let's see. Baroness. Grace Kelly was considered for the role of the Baroness, but she retired from acting when she remarried the Prince of Monaco and was not open to offers. Oh, yes. At that time. Um, that would have been kind of interesting to see Grace Kelly as the Baroness. I hated the Baroness as a kid, and I still, like, after watching mm-hmm. this, I'm like, I f- fuck, fuck the Baroness. She's, but she's, she's not, like, that mean. She only, the only really shitty thing I feel like she does is she, like, tells. She runs, she scares Maria off. Yeah. Yeah. And in a very manipulative, kind of underhanded way. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, she's not, like, super mean to the children, or she's not, no. like, she's no. not, you know. She's not but she's also villain. not, like, the main bad guy either. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, she's, and she just, does... she's just a petty bitch. <laughs> she's not even that petty, though, because she ultimately does leave. She ultimately sees, right? Doesn't she see that, like, oh, yeah. she's like, he tells her, like, oh, we're not going to yeah, get married. Yeah, it's during the streusel scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, <laughs> ah, well, I got to yeah. bounce. <laughs> she feels... Or Wiener Schnitzel. Honestly... Everybody, because like at first Captain Von Tramp, but you think is the bad guy, and then you kind of feel like the movie doesn't villainize the Baroness, but obviously makes her the opponent of the character that we do care about. Mm-hmm. But in both cases, they just feel like real people, you know. Like she, it's mm-hmm. not, it's mm-hmm. not the Baroness isn't the bad guy. She's not mean. She's just this isn't her story. This isn't her love story. It's somebody else's, and she realizes that she's in the middle of somebody else's love story mm-hmm. and leaves. And she does so with with I think a fair amount of grace, you know. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I I didn't end up like I didn't end up hating that character. Yeah. I, even like when it was going, I was like, oh, you know, this bitch is, you know, she's she just wants to, she's do she's manipulating, you know, Maria or whatever. You know, actually, now that I think of it, she was kind of mean to the children in a slight sense when her and Max were talking. Um, like she's trying to play like that medicine ball game with them. Oh yeah. And then she's like, oh, let's try, let's do this tomorrow. And Max is like, what are you going to do with the children once you marry, get married? And oh, she's yeah. like, she's oh, like, oh, well, have you school. heard this little thing called boarding school? Yeah. Which is always like the evil stepmother thing to do. It is. But 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 also, I think Frid- Friedrich, like, passes her the ball and it's like way too hard. And then she totally misses, you know? So I think, yeah. like, the kids weren't really, they didn't want her there either, you know? Yeah. Um. Let's see who else. What else do I have? Um. For the Von Trapp children, amongst the kids who auditioned to play one of the Von Trapp children, this isn't any, like, specific children in mm. that were in there, Kurt Russell, mm. Richard Dreyfus, mm-hmm. Veronica Cartwright, mm. and the four eldest Osmonds, Alan, Jay, Merrill, and Wayne. Mm. But, like, Dreyfus couldn't dance, so that's why he did not get a part. Oh, bummer. It would have been really interesting to see, like, little baby Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially considering, if you think about it, it would have been nine years before Jaws. Whoa, really? Yeah, because Jaws is 70, uh, 74 or 75. 75. Then it would have been so 10 years. 10 it was years. 70. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like release date. Filming, though, was even like probably, especially with Jaws, probably two years before it was released because of all the delays that it had in production. Mm-hmm. Um, and then backing off of that, uh, Liesel, Terry Garr, Geraldine Chaplin, Liza Minnelli, Patty Duke, Mia Farrow, Kim Darby, Leslie Ann Warren, Tisha Sturt. Yeah, Tisha Sterling and Sharon Tate all auditioned Ooh. slash screen tested for the role of Liesel. Wow. And this this is really funny to me because Sharon Tate has, like, last week been popping up a lot for me. I watched a Manson Family documentary, 
and a documentary about folk music in the 60s and 70s and Sharon Tate was mentioned multiple times because Charles Manson was, was like musician. he wanted to be a folk singer yeah. yeah and she'd only die four years after this film came out mm -hmm. I was thinking um it's funny that you'd mentioned Terry Garr too um because I loved I love Terry Garr and she's great um and uh when we were watching the film, I was thinking, you know, it's funny that of all of the people that are in this movie, the only two people that you still have heard of are Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. Like, none yeah. of those kids went on to be anybody that I've heard of. Yeah. I don't think they continued acting. I haven't looked at their, like, IMDb's. But, yeah. Um, I think that actually the actress who played Liesl became an interior designer and... In, in one of the fun facts, I think it was like she did the interior decorating for Michael Jackson at one point. Um, but I see Liza Minnelli and I picture that and I'm like, Liza Minnelli. And then I think like Arrested Development Liza <laughs> Minnelli. And it's like, because like that, whenever I picture Liza Minnelli, I picture that Liza Minnelli. Um, Probably wouldn't have been that Liza Minnelli in the film. But. No, it would have been like, what, 30 years 40 years younger yeah Liza Minnelli something like that because like that was in the early 2000s yeah um let's see where am I Max Fred Astaire was mm. considered for the role of Max Robert Wise also initially considered Victor Borg Noel Coward and Hal Holbrook hmm the late Hal Holbrook who also just recently I would have been interesting mm -hmm. to see Fred Astaire he feels like too gangly and dancey to be well it Max. feels like a waste of his talents to have Fred Astaire yeah, in there and he wouldn't and then, have done much yeah huh Interesting. Um, and then I have the captain and Maria. Mm -hmm. um, for the captain, Richard Burton, Sir, the late Sir Sean Connery, mm -hmm. Bing Crosby, Maximilian Schell, mm -hmm. Peter Finch, Walter Matthau, mm -hmm. Sir Rex Harrison. Wise also considered Ewell Brenner for the role, but um, he also, because he also portrayed the king, um, king of Simi. So I, I haven't seen the king in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't seen The King and I before. Yeah. I have seen The King and I. Haha, that's another musical, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's another musical from the the 50s, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and then for Maria, Doris Day was apparently offered the role, but turned it down. Hmm. William Wyler also, he wanted Audrey Hepburn to play. Mm. And Julie Andrews was actually Ernest Lerm Lerman's first choice. But Fox, 20th Century Fox, was less enthused and suggested Day... Leslie Karen, Grace Kelly, and Anne Bancroft to play opposite Bing Crosby. Weird. Huh. So Grace Kelly was considered for both Maria and the Baroness. Hmm. Interesting. Or wanted to play both. You know, I'm glad wanted. that they didn't go with Americans. Yeah, same. That'd be weird. Uh, well, the well, Christopher Fulmer is from North America. He's Canadian. Is he really? Yeah. I, I had to look it up because I was like, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was from the UK as well. And I, I mean, he's just he classy. Born in, he's just the classy. I think he was born in British Columbia. That's British. Yeah. Got British in the name. Huh? huh? It's true. It's part of the Commonwealth. Oh. But he's still Canadian. From Toronto, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. That is all of my fun facts. Wow. That's, well, that's, that's a lot of facts. I, I told you guys, I had a lot of facts today. Mm hmm. So, we always ask the big question. Does it hold up? Johnny? Definitely. It's a classic for a reason. I mean, this movie will endure another hundred years. So. Even more than that. I, I don't know. Joseph? We might all be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might all be dead soon. Joseph? <laughs> Does it hold up? <laughs> you know, I've seen this film many times. Um, 
and uh, I it's there's it is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a unanimous. It it definitely holds up. It's a classic for a reason, like Johnny said, and it is still just so good. I don't even think you need nostalgia glasses. You don't. To, As is proof to, like, of me. <laughs> love this so much. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really good movie. It's it's long, but it's a good. It's like maybe even the perfect like family movie, right? Yeah. Like it's it's very much a crowd pleaser. It's very much a feel good movie. It's it's a movie you can watch with your family and feel. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my first memories. So of watching, like, it's like one of my first film memories, and I watch it watched it with my parents all the time. Although I don't think my sisters ever watched it, but they also shame have, them. Like, zero ch- shame yeah. them. Shame. Get him on the podcast to shame them publicly. <laughs> well, my younger sister doesn't have the attention span to watch a movie for two hours and 55 minutes. My other sister just probably wouldn't care. Hmm. But anyways, listener, let us know if you... I would love to know somebody who does not like this movie. Please let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Nostalgitis, N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-T-I-S. Or you can email us at NostalgiaEffectPod at gmail.com. And don't forget to be kind. And rewind. Hey man, those hills are alive.